Sports Radio 96.1 FM. This is your boy Rashawn Myers. Bring it to you live and direct from the Palatial Studios at 96.1 and 1450 AM. I am super, super excited. A little three doors down coming in. Kryptonite. You know, I gotta always get it going early. I gotta get it get the grooves going. I gotta, you know, I need that tempo. I need that up pace. So, you know, I thought that would be a good one to get rolling this morning, man. We have so much to get into. You know what? We are officially here, people. It is officially college basketball season. And, yes, I know college football season is still going on. But as anybody and everybody knows, for me, for your boy Rashawn Myers, it is all about college basketball. It always has been and always will be. Like, I love football to death. I love college football. I love the NFL. Um, but there's nothing like that round ball, round ball bouncing. Like, since I was a little, little, little bitty. Uh, it's always been about that, so I always have uh, and always will have Louisville basketball in a very special place in my heart. So, uh, you know, Kenny Payne in the first edition um, of his Louisville Cardinals, I don't know if they're doing the whole team 1-0, whatever it is, <laughs> if they're still doing that or if that was just a Chris Mack thing. But whatever edition of Louisville basketball this is, Team 108, I guess, um, it, gets, it got going last night, Louisville Live going down, uh, Louisville Slugger Field. Um, I will be joined uh, shortly by Haven Harrington and uh, Joe Kelly um, as well, of course, in hour number two. Uh, oh, look, it's, uh, Haven's already in here. Haven, you're in the, in the building. The, the, the lights in the uh, – did you notice how dark it is in there, Haven? It is very dark in here. It's like I, the back case. Probably why I didn't see me because so I'm wearing this black hoodie. Yeah, oh, you got a black hoodie. Yeah, I definitely did not see. It's it's uh, it, for anybody who doesn't know the the studios here. Um, of course, I'm in the producer's uh, spot, and then of course the the talent is in the uh, the room right in front of me. But for whatever reason, I came in this morning, and the the light in there isn't working. Like I don't know what's up with that. So yes, I absolutely didn't see. How you doing, Haven? 
doing very well. I'm sorry. Like I said, I, uh, you know, I, I knew that, that you were uh, going to be uh, popping in here uh, pretty quickly, but, yeah, I couldn't tell you that. Didn't I, think you know. I was going to be here on time, did you? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was a, I was a little, a little worried about you, but it's, it's so good. And, of course, you uh, were able to get out there and, and take everything uh in for Louisville Live, uh, right there, live and direct, right, ne- right near the stage. So, I mean, I was uh, backstage for the whole event. Yeah, yeah, you, you were right there. So, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on that, um, and that's going to kind of be a theme of the show. That that uh, did you hear my intro? Uh, I did. Three doors down, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good tonight. Yeah, it's classic. It's a, it's a classic. You know, what I'm saying, and and that's kind of. The, the the talking point or my jump off spot and of course if you want to get involved 502-414-1450 that's 502-414-1450 uh, is the Thornton's text line uh, thanks and shout out to Thornton's for everything they do at all 68,892 locations here in the Louisville metro area uh, you want to get the best in gas snacks and everything else make sure you check out our good folks over at Thornton's uh, but please do give us a text in at Thornton's text line of course if you want to give us a call in 502-384-1450 uh, is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on what you saw last night or just your general uh, thoughts about Louisville basketball. Uh, we will get into football, so if you want to talk about Louisville Pitt, um, I'm not going to hold that against you. <laughs> you can do that as well, uh, but I, I would love to hear that. But first, I would love to hear Haven's thoughts. Haven, just kind of give me your – I know you got to – um, do some meet and greets. Uh, I was uh, out and about, so you were representing uh, main event sports and Wake Up 502 out there, uh, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies with all the Louisville dignitaries. So just kind of talk about your day yesterday. You got kind of the Louisville basketball uh, injection yesterday. Oh, man. You know, I want to give a big shout-out to my man, Akoi uh, uh, Gal, who helped uh, make everything possible for us yesterday. You know, we went to uh, – you know, he, he brought a brand-new spot right next to the Henry Clay. Okay. We had a meet and greet for all the players and black alumni, and that was the building is fabulous. It is just gorgeous. Okay. And you know we got to go to meet and greet, and you know Peyton Siva and Mill Wagner, and you know uh, Felton Spencer, Purvis Ellison, Emmanuel Forrest. You know all the Louisville greats were there. Yes. You know, so we were there hanging out with them before Louisville Live. Uh, then we went over to Louisville Live. Of course, we were backstage with with everybody. You know, so it was backstage. And I spent the whole time actually uh, talking to uh, and standing by Kenny Payne, Purvis Ellison, and Del Griffith. So That's a nice trio to be standing next to. I know, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's a great trio to watch, the, to watch Louisville Live with. Uh, it, it, and it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was the show. I, I give Louisville credit. We put on literally the best show. Yeah, it was visually aesthetics, man. By I, I'd far. say this was best of visually, most visually stunning Louisville Live there's been, wouldn't you say? Very much so. Like, I was kind of worried when I first saw the pictures. Like, eh, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's kind of out in the middle of the field. But once you get there, you see the stage set up, you see the lights, and how they filled in Slugger Field. Like, everybody got on the field to kind of kind of fill it in. Yes. Like, it's a big concert experience. And everybody's like running down a hall and, every, you know, like running down a big, uh, long ramp. You know, to the to the stage there, and it was it it, it was truly truly awesome. Now, I brought a young man with me who just graduated the University of Kentucky, right? Okay, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to put his name out there for. Uh, I have to have to save his name to protect innocent. But like, <laughs> he literally just graduated UK, and he's friends like with the entire basketball team, like all of them. Okay, and mm-hmm. he was sitting there, 
And he was talking trash, of course, about, about Louisville the whole way over there. <laughs> you guys ain't nothing. We want to wear you guys out, blah, 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 blah. We got that one recruiting class coming in. We're going to get DJ Wagner. You guys, da, 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 you know, going on and on and on and on and on, right? <laughs> yeah. So he sees all the people walking. He was like, man, this is, this is, this is kind of nice. <laughs> so he gets in the slugger field. He sees the stage. He sees the, uh, the court, all the lights, the thousands and thousands of Cardinal fans out there. And he was like, you guys go hard. So he get backstage, the lights go on and off. He's seeing all the, the play introductions, the women's basketball team introductions. He's looking at the crowd. Everybody's hype. It's like super loud. Jack Harlow comes out there and does his thing. And Jack Harlow stays the whole time he sits over there. Master P comes out, and he's doing his thing. And he immediately gets on his phone and starts texting all his UK player fans like, yo, Louisville goes hard, no cap. <laughs> and takes a video, sends it to him. And they text back, it's like, man, Louisville goes hard. <laughs> he looks over me. He was like, man, if I was a recruit here, I would uh, commit on the spot because this is, like, live. I've never seen a school do this before ever. So I've been to Georgia. I've been to UGA. Of course, I've been out of Kentucky's March Madnesses. Nobody goes as hard as Louisville. Hey. And, and, and that, that was his summation. Nobody goes as hard as Louisville. And he could not wait to everybody in the UK is like, just how hard Louisville goes. I tell you what, and, and that's what it's all about. That right there, um, that that response, you know, like that that is what Louisville's looking for. That's what Kenny Payne is banking on. Um and uh that is that's that that's the hope. And of course, um Louisville was hosting um several, several t- super talented recruits. Of course, they did get the unfortunate news um just prior to the event that AJ Johnson, um, their five star, you know, primary target. Uh, for next year's recruiting class for 2023, he had to unfortunately cancel at the last minute. Uh, it was announced, the, you know, yesterday early, um, you know, by Travis Branham, uh, 247 Sports, that he was not going to be able to make it due to an illness in the family. And then uh, shortly after that, Carter Bryant, uh, five-star 2024 kid, um, so he's a, a rising junior, um, was also unable to make it. Um, but even with that being the case, there were still a ton of players there, Carter Knox, uh, Trenton Flowers, Elliot Cadeau, um, and several other high-level uh, men's basketball recruits that you know were there. So, I mean, uh, while you did have a couple of the guys there, and especially A.J. Johnson, who is, of course, who everybody – uh, wants to know what's going on with AJ with the news that, you know, of course, it looks like DJ Wagner um, is going to ultimately probably end up wearing uh, blue uh, for UK. Um, everybody's focused on what's going on with AJ. Um, so, you know, that that was definitely a gut punch um, before everything got going. But, you know, as I said yesterday on Twitter, even though, you know, your uh, primary guest was not able to come and the guy that you need to probably impress the most, there's still a lot of foundation laying that can be done. You know, there, there was a ton of 2024 kids, 2025 kids that were there. And this is the type of thing um, and the type of excitement that you can do to kind of put that seed in their, in their minds. You Man, know? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right about, now, right? But from, from talking to the, to, to the guy, bro, who's a diehard UK fan, mm-hmm. He was like, there's no way in the world you can not watch Louisville live and not be just, like, super stoked about the University of Louisville. There's, he, he's like, there's no way. He's like, the amount of love shown for the team from the community. You know, he was impressed with everybody walking in, just how big it looked. He was just like, 
just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. It was like, I've never seen a show like this, period. Not from the Fal- Falcons, not from the Hawks or any of the NBA. No, this this is like the show. And he's like, there's no way that you, you cannot come away impressed from Louisville Live. He's like, I'm coming back next year. That's what's up. That's what's, I mean, like I said, that, that's, that right there is the whole – you know that that's the uh, effect, and that is the that was the intended response that they wanted to get from young folks. I mean these these events are definitely geared toward um, you know the recruits and the players, and I know um, that there were some um, you know criticisms of the event just in terms of either visually on TV or with some of the fans that weren't sitting you know field side and that were kind of more up in the stands that that there were some issues but as long as the the young folks enjoyed it um i think that's the biggest thing uh and i think that louisville did a great job and it's the thing about you know university of louisville card nation and the louisville fan base and alumni one thing that there's never been any shortage of regardless of any struggles um on the court um and with the team and with the iarps and and all that type stuff one thing that's never been missing or lacking is energy and passion for University of Louisville basketball. Um, that's never gone anywhere, regardless of whether Rick Pacino was getting in trouble, regardless of whether banners came down, regardless of whether, you know, there's been FBI, we have your playbook, Louisville is front and center <laughs> in that. The Louisville pass, the, fa- the passion of the fan base um, and just the energy around the university has never lessened, uh, not one bit. Uh, if anything, it's even gotten more desperate and more um, hungry for success. And I think that's kind of, you know, the, the, the place in the area in which I, I wanted to kind of talk about today in my talking point uh, with that because Louisville Live was kind of a perfect backdrop uh, of my thoughts. And one of the things that's been interesting to me uh, this week, there was a, a article uh, that came out uh, in the paper, Have, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, it was a it was a paper that was written talking about you know the University of Louisville um, asking a, a ton of Kenny Payne and asking for a lot um, from him and Kenny Payne was willing to take on the burden that is Louisville basketball and help get them back and it was a story that was written that just dripped with desperation on the university's behalf from from the fan base's behalf and it just kind of had this whole kind of feeling of Kenny Payne is being ushered in as this this hero that's here to save us all and save Cardinal basketball from the doldrums and I you know as I read it it was interesting to me because while you know things did not go well last year okay I think we can safely say that Chris Mack never made it back from the summer prior to last year getting started, okay? We understand with the whole Dino Gaudio situation, everything with that happened with that, and then ultimately getting into it with Neely Bendapudi and her wanting to fire him because of what happened with the Dino uh, tape recording incident and all that stuff. Um, he never got back. He never came back, unfortunately. And even though, you know, he tried to do some things to revamp the roster and uh, ultimately brought in some some uh, new assistant coaches. He just never got over what happened before the season. And ultimately, what did we have happen? A team that looked like they literally never got coached at all, did not have any identity, didn't know who they were, didn't know what the coaches wanted, and it was an absolute train wreck. While that's all true, I was not under the impression that the University of Louisville was so bad off that 
this was the feeling around the program is that we needed kind of this savior to come and save Louisville basketball because it's just fallen so far. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that whole situation because, like, when I posed the question to Twitter and asked folks, you know, is that is that really what the fan base thinks? Like, do, do, are we really looking at this like this program has fallen so far that we need somebody to come and help save the program? Like, is that where you are, in, in your opinion, of Louisville basketball? I think that's where Louisville basketball is headed. And I, I think the problem is fans can see what happened to IU, right? Yes. IU was a once, and I say that, a once proud program yes. that was at one time considered to be one of the, of the blue buds of college basketball. Yes. And look where IU is now. They made a T-shirt for beating Kentucky in one game. Yes. In a regular season. <laughs> Not even in a tournament. Yeah. I mean, just like, look how far IU has fallen. And I think Louisville fans, rightfully so, have a fear that, man, you make one or two, maybe even three bad coaching hires in a row, and you're IU. You're, you're forgotten about. You're no longer that the, the program of the 80s, right? Yes. You're no longer the program that was of the past couple of years of the Rick Pitino era. You know, you're now just another program, right? Mm-hmm. That happens to have two national championships and the win this program in 1980, right? In the 80s. Yeah. So that's the fear. And I think that's a very real fear, especially after you have your bridge David Padgett year and then Max subpar four years he was here. Well, it was, it was three. No, no, no. Step no, back, step back. Yeah, that first year was really good. His first year was good. His second year was good. He was that Louisville was ranked number one in the country. Yeah, and, and then COVID kind of COVID zapped that, and then he never he never got his mojo back. Yeah, yeah. COVID COVID killed that 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 year. Um, you know, I mean, you had the you had the the year where they would have gone. You know that that second year they would have gone. Uh, it would no, actually, it was four years. Um, they had the the second year where they. Of course, had the great season, um, kind of up and down. Louisville got up to number one in the nation that year, in year number two. Um, but then, of course, once COVID hit, they got shut down at the ACC tournament, and that basically ended that year. Um, and then, of course, the following season, um, uh, year number three, they had no. So yeah, it was three years. I'm see, you see that like like COVID completely that whole COVID pause thing just completely scrambles your brain. But then, of course, they come back uh, the the following season. And Louisville has the, the, the pretty good year, but of course you have all the COVID pauses and they lose so many games out, lose out on so many games that that was the excuse that was used not to let Louisville into the tournament, even though I personally feel they had a good enough record um, to get to the NCAA tournament. And that caused Mac to go into complete haywire mode, fire Dino Gaudio, uh, fire um, uh, uh, the other. Murray. Murray, thank you. Uh, fire Coach Murray just had, you know, <laughs> dismiss half of the players on the team and just go completely off the reservation. And we know what happened in that final year. So uh, in those four years, yeah, I mean, it just kind of went haywire uh, with COVID at, COVID at the uh, at the center of a lot of that. Um, and, and I think that that has I, – I can understand the fear. And I can understand, um, you know, not wanting to become the next Indiana. Now, I will say this about Louisville basketball. I personally, with between what Louisville basketball has in terms of infrastructure, facilities, um, wow factor, basketball is something where all you need is that wall cousins type, you know, 
All you need is a couple players. If you get those right two players, and I think that's what Louisville Live is all about, is trying to inspire um, those couple of guys that you need to, to kind of turn everything around. That is the hope with A.J. Johnson and Isaiah Miranda, is that they can be that wall and cousins. And then you add in a couple of guys, um, you know, like um, uh, Caleb Glenn and Curtis Withers and put some very strong guys around them in the hopes that that group can be the group to usher back Louisville basketball and get it back on track. Um, but that being said, I don't necessarily – this is my opinion, okay? I don't think Louisville basketball is in trouble. I don't think Louisville basketball is in a position to where they're going to fall off a cliff because of the things I just previously mentioned. On top of the fact that NIL is such a big thing now, Louisville should be an absolute superpower in NIL in basketball. That should be without question. There should only be – you know, five or six teams that can play in the waters NIL-wise that Louisville can. Um, so I, I don't see that Louisville basketball is in a position to that where they need to be saved. I personally even just think they need a good head coach. They need a guy who can coach basketball. Because I think if you win, you'll the, the guys will come. Because you have everything else. You have the facilities. Like anytime you come to the Yum Center, you're going to get a bit better experience at the Yum Center than just about anywhere else in college basketball. You're going to have the crowd. You're going to have the entertainment factor. You're going to have the wow factor of everything they have inside the Yum Center. I just think it's all about going out there, putting your best foot forward, and just putting a good product on the field. Uh, you know, like, do, do you agree with that, or, or, or do you think it's deeper than that? I think it's a tad bit deeper than that. Okay. I, I mean, yes. I mean, with, with the right coach, both Louisville football and basketball, I, you know, would ascend to the next level. Because, I mean, the, these are both winning programs, right? Yes. And, and both the programs are proven. You put the right guy as the coach, you can win and win big. And in basketball, you can win it all. We've proven that time and time again. Right guy here. You got the facilities. You got the backing. You have the pedigree. You can win. Even in football, uh, you know, we may not be the Auburns or Alabamas or the Clemson of the world, but we're literally that next tier down, Right. Yeah, we're literally the next tier from the Blue Bloods because we have proven throughout several coaches, whether it's Strong, whether it's John L. Smith, or whether it's Bob Petrino 1.0, you get the right coach here, the talent will come, and you can win big at this university. Hey, Al Davis said, "Just win, baby." Yeah, because you got everything else. Like that's the thing. Yeah, everything else. You got the fan base. You got the stadium. You have the arena and the Yum Center. You see, have like, the facilities. Like, see, to me, Haven, you have it there. You just need the coach. But, but the fear is, and I, and I, I can see them basketball. Yes, and I, and I can see the fear. Yes, is that you just know just how from watching, and I think a lot of it comes from watching IU. You know, once proud program, right? Hey, but and that was going to be what I say. This yeah. the biggest difference to me between Indiana and, and Louisville um, is just the simple fact that at IU they're so. Averse to moving themselves into the 22nd century or 20 19th century. Good lord, have you, yeah, seen, have, 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 I mean, have you seen the warm up with pants? them candy, candy striper pants and that old broke down ass arena? You know, like they're still wanting to be like the old boys in, in Hickory High School, like that's still where they're trying to be. Like, Louisville doesn't have that problem. Louisville wants to be new. They want to be innovative. They want to be fun. They want to do events like Louisville Live. Like Indiana's not doing anything like that. They're like, why don't you guys come on and we'll just throw the ball in the in the peach basket and we can do it the way we used to do. You know what I mean? I mean that's true, but but, like, but, that, but that's the biggest um, difference. I mean that's a big difference, but 
that fear is palatable because you can see what happens with yeah. the wrong coaching hire, how fast this thing, could, the rails can come off. That's how right. fast the, the, the train can go off the tracks. Hey, well, and, and I tell you, with that, absolutely, we're going to take our first break. I want to get your thoughts in here. Does Louisville need to have a savior? Like, like does it, is, is that where everybody's at? Like, does the program need to be saved? Do they just need to go out there, you know, have competent coaching and win games? I want to hear more of that. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris, to take care of you this morning. 96.1 FM, and we'll be back. Kind of took me by surprise here. This was not the rejoin music I thought I was going to hear. <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes, man. You know this saying? was not it. I thought I was going to hear <laughs> We Don't Need Another Hero from uh, Tina Turner from. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's coming. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. And, you know, there's lots of good songs about heroes. So, you know, had to switch it up. I got to keep everybody on their toes. When you think I'm going left, I'm going to hit you with a right. Keep you off balance. That you did, my friend. That you did. <laughs> That's hilarious. Welcome back here on the Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven here to take care of you this morning. 96.1 FM. It is going down, and we are talking about heroes. Hopefully, we ain't got to talk about no villains, uh, even though I guess John Calipari would be the villain <laughs> in this. Did you hear John Calipari sneak shade uh, from his uh, basketball media day event? I did not. You did not. He's, but it, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so he's talking to the media, and he's like, yeah, you know, the, well, anytime I, you know, once I know I'm old, old enough to where I'm coaching uh, kids of guys that I already coached before, and you know, I think I might be getting another kid of another guy I already coached. <laughs> oh, was the media here? Did y'all hear that? Oh, and just they, everybody was just laughing it up, yucking it up. Little, I mean, DJ Wagner, shade. <laughs> I mean, if you can. I mean, right? It's 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 good to be the king, isn't it? I mean that, but. That's what rivalry's supposed to do. You're supposed to talk smack about your rival. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole point of rivalrying. 
you know, is, is to do that and to rub, rub your uh, opposition's nose in it. And you know what? To, to the victor goes first. But I do want to apologize for one thing. Um, I said that Kenny Payne getting the job at Louisville and the whole Kenny Payne won those games initiative is what galvanized Coach Calipari to kind of go on this recruiting run that he's on right now with, of course, the announcement that Aaron Bradshaw was joining Kentucky, and it looks like DJ Wagner is probably going to be joining him as well. And Robert Dillingham, he was in a uh, in a game, uh, in an event Thursday, uh, which is his uh, point guard that he already has committed, the kid that was previously committed to North Carolina State. That kid is absolutely a monster. Um, you know, I, I saw one one guy on Twitter said they think that Robert Dillingham is further advanced with his ball handling and finishing skills than even Kyrie Irving was at the same age, uh, at the same time <laughs> in high school. That's high age. praise, right there. Yeah, yeah. That's and I tell you what, some of the stuff, the, some of the moves and some of the stuff that kid was doing. Uh, Cal, Cal got him a good one, but I, the reason I want to apologize, I said it was all about Kenny Payne, one of those things, but I forgot. And, and and it happened so quickly. Do you remember that whole feud between uh, John Calipari and uh, Mark Stoops during the offseason where Calipari kind of threw some shade at, at, and said that, you know, Kentucky's still a basketball school and, well, and Stoops got well, all pissed off about that? If I'm not mistaken, didn't Stoops throw the shade first and Cal just kind of responded? No, Cal, it was Cal first because it was when, on UK's foreign trip. And, and they just talked about, you know, everything that Mark Stoops is doing and how, you know, great the football team is right now. And he was like, yeah, well, that's nice. But, you know, Kentucky's still a basketball school and we're doing what we do. And Stoops got all pissed off because Calipari called Kentucky a basketball school and thought he was throwing shade at the football program. And then, of course, Paul Feinbaum goes on a complete tirade talking about it's time for Calipari to go. UK can get, you know, 10, 12 coaches that are as good as Calipari and maybe he's not the right fit and went on this tirade. And I've forgotten about that. I've forgotten about that whole instance. So between the Kenny Payne won those games thing and the fact that Feinbaum tried to basically – you know, throw Cal in the basketball program under a bus. Cal Perry has a whole lot of motivation to go out there and whoop some ass. So, you know, <laughs> at least partly I, I had forgotten about that. I was listening to uh, old boy Sweeney and, and the folks yesterday uh, on the podcast, and, and they were talking about that. And I was like, you know what? I forgot about that. So I had to had to apologize because, yeah, Cal's on, on, a, on a mission right now. So you can't hate on that. You know, when, when you're on top, you, you can laugh and – you know, make jokes at everybody else's expense. And it's like Kenny Payne said, it's his job to make the rivalry a rivalry. And it's his his job to go out there and put a product on the court and make Louisville uh, basketball competitive to go out there and, you know, start holding up their end of the rivalry. You know, so, I, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. You know, you, you can't worry about what those guys are doing, that they're getting the players, you know. But with events like Louisville Live, the hope is – that you can start to turn the tide. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be about what Kenny Payne does on the basketball court. Now, you know what? And, and that's what it all comes down to. Now, before you went to commercial break, yes, you had mentioned about, you know, Louisville needing a savior and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And it, it kind of got me thinking a little bit, you know, because we are – okay, so we are one of the upper echelons of college basketball, right? Absolutely. You know, Louisville's one of the top ten programs all time. In the history of college basketball. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I, I think some of the fear that, that you see with Louisville fans, besides kind of watching IU's demise, not demise, but, you know, kind of fall from grace, if yes. you will, and having such a hard time getting Relegation, back. Relegation, yes. Yeah, because like, like even with poor facilities and things of that nature, a lot of times if you're a, a, blue, a, a true 
blue blood program, you can still kind of overcome that, right? Right. And it, and the problem is like IU hasn't been able to overcome that. And you look at like Louisville's re- recruiting, especially the past couple years underneath Mac. You know, Mac has brought in like you know some pretty good big guys, but can never find the guard, right? Right. They kind of they to drive the bus. And I think that's another part like of of like Louisville fans' fear is that you know like other blue blood programs, whether it's Duke, especially Duke and North Carolina, even in their down years, even when they have suspect coaches, they can still pull in like a top 20, 25 class, top 10 class just on name recognition alone. Especially like North Carolina, uh, especially. You know, they've had some down years where they've really been suspect. Right. But, but they'll still pull in the top class just because it's North Carolina. And I, I think Louisville fans sometimes kind of wonder, like, well, where's that same kind of thing with us? You know, where's you know, we're that, that top-tier program. We have much better facilities in North Carolina or Duke. I mean, we have the best facilities in the, in the, in the ACC. Actually, I would argue – the Yum Center is the best arena in all of college basketball. I mean, all the teams who do not agree. play in NBA arenas, we have the best arena. Louisville's like, arena is better than a lot of NBA arenas. They're definitely better than my, my, where the Miami Heat play, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, we have, like, one of the best arenas. We have the best arena in college basketball. We would have probably a top 15 arena in. I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Even in the NBA, right? Yeah. So, I think that's a lot of fans' fears. Like, so why doesn't this translate into, like, a yearly – recruiting success, at least a couple of four stars every year just because of who we are, just because of the name on the front of the jersey, because like we are that top-tier program, so we should get that top-tier talent just because. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and, 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 and I think that's some of the kind of, you know, kind of, some of the fear as well, uh, you know, with, with Carnation, because, you know, now you're in – we're like in the SEC of college basketball, right? Yes. You know, with Duke and North Carolina being like Alabama and I guess Georgia now, you know, like perennial powers, like right. the, the the perennial names of college basketball. Well, we should be right there with them, recruiting with them, and everything else. And like we're not. And yeah. I and I think that just I know I think that's just, that's just that fear. Well, and, and, and I get it. I I I, could, I completely understand that. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and actually into the uh, the Wake Up 502, or actually the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-414-1450. Um, our girl Didi was checking in. She said, no one loves celebrating Louisville basketball's history more than I do. Uh, but I am definitely hungry for some current relevancy. I don't celebrate just getting in the tournament. I need a couple of wins at least. I am looking for KP to keep us from going down the IU path of irrelevancy and, and haters of any program that enjoys uh, success. And, and I think that kind of just speaks to your, your conversation of the fear um, and, and apprehension that Louisville may be following that IU path. And I totally agree with that. And I think that for Louisville, um, Louisville basketball and Louisville football as well, it, it's crazy. The, the further, I, like the more I look at it, the parallels and comparisons of Chris Mack and Scott Satterfield that almost like the same dude, right? They're almost the same dude, and and, and if not only are they only the same dudes in 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 have, having a mid major mindset in terms of how they coach their teams, because now, as I go back and I look at the way the Mac ran the program and a lot of the decisions he made in terms of um, schem- schematics, they were very mid major ish, 
You know, it worked for him at, at Xavier, and he just tried to basically do the same thing he did at Xavier Louisville and did not step up to the competition level in some ways, even though Mac was definitely way more successful consistently than Scott was before his whole meltdown in year four. Um, but um, also in the recruiting like, we saw the kids that Coach Mack went after. And, yeah, he got Samuel Williamson in his first full recruiting class, who was a five-star McDonald's All-American type player. But there was a lot of players that Coach Mack brought in that were kind of those, quote-unquote, little engine that coulds. You know, bringing in Quan Four from Dayton. Um, bringing in uh, – uh, uh, oh, what's that little point guard? I, 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 the, the, the COVID year that got uh, – Fresh Kimball. Uh, you know, bringing in those fresh Kimballs, looking for these transfers that were maybe guys from a smaller or mid-major trying to step up and not really investing and in going and getting some, you know, maybe you don't get the f elite five-star guys, but, you know, you could have definitely gone out there and gotten some, you know, four-star kids, some some top, you know, back into the top 100 type players and invested in bringing those guys along. But it seemed like Coach Mack always seemed to go for – the lower-rated or underrated guys, the mid-major guys, the transfers, um, and tried to bring them along. You know what I mean? Like, that that was kind of his um, M.O. And, and that's very similar to Scott Satterfield. And Scott Satterfield's, um, you know, kind of focus on kind of the mid-low-major quality guys that, you know, he may have gotten at the App State level and just trying to make App State level guys uh, Louisville-level guys and ACC-level guys. And, and Coach Mack had a lot – like, the similarities between those two – it's a lot more than what I ever really realized until I really started to sit back and think about it. And I think that our Louisville's recruiting, like Louisville was in on Caleb Love, who's still at North Carolina, Dan, uh, you know, was right there, uh, damn near won a championship last year. Uh, and Caleb Love is back this year for North Carolina. He was a five-star kid. DJ Stewart um, was uh, ended up at Duke, another five-star kid that Louisville was in on. People thought, you know, people thought Louisville was going to get it done. And then the 11th hour, DJ Stewart goes to North Carolina. Caleb Love goes – or excuse me, DJ Stewart goes to Duke. Um, Caleb Love goes to North Carolina. And, you know, Louisville just basically ended up just bringing in a couple of lower-level guys and just hoping it was going to turn out, you know. Like, and I think that, that Chris Mack, he never had a backup plan. You know, it was kind of like – the, what was the quarterback that, that Louisville lost um, that ended up going to Florida State? I can't think of the kid's name, but he was a, you know, five-star, high four-star quarterback. Oh, uh, I'm going to say Purdy. Yeah, Chubba Purdy. He had Chubba Purdy. Chubba Purdy was going to be the focus. But, like, once we didn't get Chubba Purdy, it, like, went to, like, I can't remember that one guy, <laughs> that, that extra tall quarterback that was, like, a two-star T Webb, remember, remember T. No, Webb? no, no, actually, T Webb wasn't two star. He was like a, he was like a three. He was a three star. He, he was a three going on four, kind of like that, that border. But yeah, but you know, like no, he never, you know, th there was never a good backup plan. A guy who could literally start. T Webb was always going to be just kind of more of a backup spot guy role. He was never like it was always, you know, well, if if this guy, you know, he has the potential to become something maybe someday, hopefully. Those type guys, instead of having, okay, yeah, this dude, you know, he may be, he has the measurables, he has the arm, but he's just going to need some coaching. You know, there was never those guys that had an elite level talent. That, that you know, Chubba Purdy was kind of like Satterfield's only dude. For Chris Mack, it was DJ Stewart, Caleb Love. Okay, we don't get those guys, so we're just going to get nobody, guys. 
And Louisville basketball and Louisville football is better than that. Like, if you go out there and you, you know, flex your recruiting muscles, you should be going out there and getting Louisville-level, ACC-level talent. Like, top-end ACC-level talent. With the facilities, um, with the NIL opportunities, with all of that, Louisville basketball is better than that. Period. And I think that these coaches, these last two coaches, have not done a good enough job of that. And I think that Kenny Payne, um, you know, for the questions that we had about, uh, or that I had specifically about, you know, not utilizing the transfer portal, not utilizing NIL to its maximum benefit, Kenny is betting on himself on that. I can't hate on him for that. That's his decision. I don't think it was the best decision. But ultimately, time will tell. You know, I, I mean, it's bold. Um, you know, but we'll have to see. But the one thing I will say, Kenny Payne is not going to go out there and get kids that aren't Louisville-level talent. Like, even if he doesn't get his first line and first level of guys, it's not going to be like Kenny Payne's going to go from, okay, I can't get these five-star kids. I'm bringing in walk-on mid-major level guys. No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I mean, literally, he d- ignored everybody in the transfer portal that he didn't feel had NBA potential aspirations. You know, and while that's left Louisville's cupboards extremely bare <laughs> for this first year, at least I know that Kenny Payne is only going to bring in kids that have pro potential. You know, so I mean, at that point, it's all about coaching them up and getting the red. We have we have another uh, texter into the te- uh, to the uh, Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says a. Uh, uh, he says, good morning, wake up, uh, wake up culture. He said, first question for Haven, if Louisville uh, uh, loses today uh, against Pittsburgh, <laughs> will this be the end of Ned Flanders? Also, <laughs> I guarantee James Madison uh, will beat us too. Second question, <laughs> what was your takeaway from Louisville Live? I heard good and bad things. And he said, bring Prime home. <laughs> Prime, you know what? I talked to my social ADs about what, – what do you guys think about Deion Sanders? So I, <laughs> I did ask, and it was like, man, eh, we're not sure we can get Deion, but we'll see. And they, they kind of left it at that. Although we can mm-hmm. get Deion, I think it's kind of, you know, neat that you want Deion. I and, think it's neat. <laughs> and, you know, we've, you know, we'll just have to see how the season plays out. But about about the pit. Yes. Man. Part of me thinks that, I think losing to Boston College, I think already sealed Satterfield's fate. Yeah. And I don't think there's much faith in Carnation. And I, I'm not going to speak for anybody in administration, anybody in Carnation Athletics. I just don't think there's much faith that he's going to eke out another three wins against the rest of the schedule. I think there's like zero faith that – it can't be done. I mean, I've I've spoken to a lot of Cardinal fans. I sp- I spoke to a lot of folks at Louisville Live, and they were all like, "We like Scott. We want Scott to win out. We want Scott to do well. We want him to be here. He seems like a guy that who wants to be here." Comma, but however, comma, but however, we just don't think he can do it. <laughs> I mean, we just don't think this team can win, and like. The sad part about it is like everybody to a man I talk to or a woman I talk to even, they think we have the talent to win seven, eight games this year, right? The talent is there. Right. They just don't think he can coach them up to do it. And I, I can't disagree. I mean, the one thing about Scott Satterfield, he's consistently inconsistent. 
You have no idea what you're going to get from game to game. We, no we, idea. We were talking about that yesterday when we were just sitting around chatting. I was like, you yeah, know, you have no idea. Of any <laughs> any type of pregame progn- prognostication, like you have no idea what's going to happen. You don't, you don't know if the defense will show up this game, if the offense will show up, if they'll play a complete game. If the if the defense doesn't show, I mean, you don't know. You don't know even like which parts of the defense is not going to show up. Yeah, like it's the run. Can can we stop the run this week? We don't know. Can we stop the pass this week? We don't know. We know some games, the secondary looks like we got, you know, Sam Madison and, uh, you know, and, and those guys back there again, right? Yeah. Other times it looks like we right, have, like, can. me and you back there yeah. trying to cover people. <laughs> you know, you, you just don't know. Right. You, know, you have no idea what you want to get from week to week. Sometimes Malik looks like, you know, little Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Other weeks it looks like Freddie Jackson. You know, you just don't know. <laughs> you know, you have no idea what what you're going to get from week to week on both sides of the ball. Like you literally just don't know. Guys get healthy to come back, and you're still like, man, eh, well, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. So, my personal opinion, I think losing to Boston College sealed his fate. That's fair. That, that's that's me. I think losing to Boston College sealed his fate because I don't think anybody thinks that he's going to win three games. If he does win three games. I think that puts the athletic department in a big pickle, <laughs> and yeah. I think I think that puts card fans in a big pickle because like okay, he made it to six wins, he's going to a bowl, so you think you pretty much have to keep him. Um, and I think a lot of folks in Card Nation have resigned themselves to keep him if he wins six games, because three of those wins were against would be against ranked teams or teams that are formerly ranked to do it, and that shows a turnaround. Comma, but. He's been here for four years, right? Yeah. Outside of that first year where the team was just so beat down by Bobby's non-coaching and he was able to inject some love in them and get them to hyped up and get them to play. I mean, well, I was, and, and on top of that, just the fact that, you know, he's a new coach and, and teams had to, you know, they didn't have really any film on him, didn't really know what he was going to do. And Louisville's uh, talent level was at a position. But, uh, but now they know what Louisville's dealing with. They know what Louisville's working with. Yeah, I mean. The, Makes a difference. Yeah, you know, you know what Lou was dealing with. You know what Lou was working with. And the guys was the foundation of that first team. You know, he had, my mind just went blank, the big offensive lineman that was on the left-hand side of the line. That Beckton, he pretty much, Mackay. Yeah, Makai Beckton. That he pretty much ran behind. Every time he needed a short yard, we, we ran left because we knew that he was going to clear out by five dudes. Right? Yeah. You already knew that, that Tutu Outwell was going across the middle and he was going to be open. And you can always depend and hit on him. And once those guys left, Offensive production is kind of – it didn't just drop, but you can kind of tell that that thing that kind of made that, that offense special was gone, right, when, when those two guys left. It was – you could see it. And it hasn't – you know, it hasn't – that hasn't happened since. And, you know, he's just been an, an average guy. He's been like a 6-6, six 6-7 and six, six and seven guy the whole time he's been here. Yeah. And then and, and, and car fans that – you have to ask yourself the questions like, what kind of program do you want? Do you, and I, I've heard a lot of, of guys in Carnation, you know, tell me like, man, you know, we just have to realize who we are as a program, man. We're just a <laughs> six and six, seven to five program. We should be happy to go to bowl games, and that's just who we are because ACC's murderers row, man. You know, this is the we're in a Power Five conference. You know, we've never been a conference as tough before. So, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Right. What, what do you mean when I've been a conference is tough? Power Five? What? The Big East was a BCS Bowl conference, which is the same thing as a Power Five. And yeah. and I could I would argue, I would argue 
that when we were in the Big East, 2000, you know, the, the, the 2000 era with the Bible Trino, when he was at 1.0, that Big East conference, top to bottom, is a better conference than we're in right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. And he also said, uh, Texter also said, uh, he also wanted to thank you uh, for everything you're doing uh, on the trail with uh, uh, Mr. Booker. Uh, so everything that you're doing on the Booker campaign, he said he uh, just wanted to pr- tell you he appreciates all uh, your hard work and efforts. Thank you, my good man. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, no, I I, I think that, that you're totally right. And, of course, we're going to get into more of that in hour number two as well as, um, you know, talking about the, the NFL and where we're at, the, the debacle that is the uh, Baltimore Ravens um, and, and Haven's thoughts on the national picture. I want to get your thoughts on Alabama, Tennessee, uh, and Tennessee getting that big upset win. Of course, we're going to have um, – yeah. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Leanne Herring in at the at the bottom of the hour. I'm a, you know, her and Joe, uh, they was going hard. Uh, we literally <laughs> ran off the air. We we might have to get Leanne and start having her call in about quarter after uh, ten, just to make sure we can get Leanne uh, and all her picks in. Because man, we was going uh, going hard. I think we went up until the the uh, radio show just cut us off. <laughs> Hey, she's good. She's good, and it's good conversation. So definitely want to make sure we have plenty of time to get Leanne's conversations in as well. I do want to remind everybody, of course, Game Day 502 uh, comes to you every Saturday afternoon uh, from 21st in Germantown. Of course, everybody from the Wake Up 502 crew um, goes out there, 1481 South Shelby Street there. Um, You know, great food, great entertainment. Um, uh, They're going to have another great show um, this evening as well. We're going to be telling you more and more about that. But make sure you guys come out there and support uh you know wake up 502 and everything that we're doing out there uh it was an amazing uh show last week for hallow bleed three um the, the the people uh were there early um it was absolutely packed um there were people out there haven that were waiting to get into this rock concert before i got there to set up because the uh, uh for 21st in germantown does not open until 4 p.m okay so like we're literally kind of the opening act to get everybody in good vibes Okay, for the day. So I usually try to get there around 3.15, 3.30 to go ahead and get set up for our show. And I get there, and the whole parking lot was full of people that were coming for a fan meet and greet before um, Buckshot and the rest of the, the acts that were going to be playing, um, you know, were out there tonight. So they had uh, set up with, um, you know, where you could buy shirts and, and fan memorabilia and all this stuff. And those people... We're out there. 21st in Germantown, if you folks have not been out there, they have so many great things going on. Um, you know, like I said, they had the, the, the rock concert last week. Um, they have so many great live acts. They have uh, karaoke. They Yo, have great the food. food. They I'm have telling a new, you. Uh, and they also have new food menu items. You know, I was almost through the menu because I try something different every week. And literally now, Haven, they have brisket now. They have pulled pork. They have some like some some barbecue items. I had the brisket. Uh, did you? Yes. The uh, time Joe and I went out there, and you did okay. not make it. Okay. Yeah. I had yeah. the brisket stand. done fire. I mean, it's and now they got they have burnt ends. They have brisket. They have um they, they have pulled pork. They have several new items um that are kind of grill related, and of course that speaks near and dear to Joe's heart because you know that's what <laughs> Joe Kelly does. At that boy, good loves him a good barbecue. So I mean, just just uh, uh, wonderful things going on. So just make sure you guys come out um, to uh, fourteen eighty one South uh, Shelby Street uh, for all those great things. I tell you what, Haven, we're gonna go ahead and let Mariah sing us out, and then we're gonna get in uh, to it. Hour number two coming your way. Rashawn Myers, Haven here to wake up five hundred two ninety six point one FM. It's going down. Hey, we'll be back 
on Big X Sports Radio. Two, wake up 502 is going down. See, Haven, I told you I had your, your, your Tina Turner coming. We don't need another hero, another classic hero uh, uh, song and tune. So, you know, I, I, I got you. I got you. I ain't going to forget about Tina. You know what? I, I'm just going to say this. Yes, sir. <laughs> it seems like every game with Scott Satterfield from here on out, from the second half of the season on out, is two men enter, one man leave. <laughs> I mean, literally every game for him is like he's auditioning for his job. I master, he blasted. Together, we master blaster. Because you drop one game, <laughs> it's your job may be over. It's like literally. It's Thunderdome. Yeah, like Thunderdome. every game is a Thunderdome. But every game is like two men enter, speaking, one man leave. Speaking of Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like every game from here on out is like a lose leave town but, match. But you know what's crazy though, Hayes? <laughs> what's, cra- what's literally crazy is that like. You could tell me that Louisville's going to win any game left on the schedule. And I would believe you. And I could believe it. I could believe it. But then Louisville could also lose every game left on the schedule. Like, and, literally. And I could believe that. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean like, you have no idea what this team is going to do from week to week. <laughs> and it's been that way for four years. It's crazy, Like, dude. the only thing that's consistent about Scott Satterfield is inconsistency. Is that, like, we have no idea what in the hell is happening. And a bad – you know the defense is what's going to falter – Either the running game, either our run defense is going to fail or our pass defense is going to fail. You know, one of them is going to fail. It's not sure which one is going to fail, and you don't know when it's going to fail, but you know it's going to happen. That's the only consistent thing we have. 
That's that's fair. Oh, and, and by the way, just text her into the Thornton's text line. <laughs> I appreciate this because Kevin been on me. Kevin texted in this morning. He said, Myers, I'm glad uh, you're getting back to being the old card fan. <laughs> hey, look, let, let me let's see. Hey, man, I, I told you. This, everybody has been on me because they said I done turned into uh, uh, Coach Eves. Just because you know, he trying to screw my ducks yeah. on us. <laughs> hey, my Louisville fandom has never wavered, man, just because I have – you know, critical thoughts. That's the one thing. Let me tell y'all something. I've been in this media game for damn near 20 years, okay? And the gift and curse that is trying to do media the right way. Like me, I've always wanted to do it the right way. Like I don't do the fanboy media. So, unfortunately, I look at things from a very analytical, try to be, you know, take my fanhood out of it and just look at things in black and white numbers. And, unfortunately, doing that for so long, I can't turn it off. Does that make sense? That makes perfect so, sense. You know, but honestly, though, like, anybody who knows you knows that you're a diehard Louisville fan. Like, y'all don't and, understand and how, it, what I be thing. going through during these games. Just Haven saying, hears oh, me yelling and cursing and oh, acting I do. a damn fool. I do. Like, <laughs> Rashawn is a diehard Louisville, diehard die Louisville fan, and he would – more than happy Cape for University if he could. Louisville football. The problem games. is even they have everything Scott Satterfield's doing. Every time Louisville football kicks off, I am an in, I am going crazy. Even though when I'm at, at the games and when I'll be at the Pittsburgh game today, you would not be able to tell it from me sitting in the press box. But the problem is, <laughs> we haven't given like the Cape about. That's fair. You know, I mean, so like with Louisville basketball, I, I am going to bring up the, the concerns that I have because that's my job as, as a journalist and, and media member. But, you know, that doesn't mean I, I don't love the, the university. I'm say, we can't keep feeding you sunshines and puppies like every Saturday. No, I can't. Week in and week out. I can't do and, it. And make up storylines to make the university look good because when something bad happens, everybody's blindsided. You wonder what's going on, why, I don't understand. Why do we suck? Why are we losing and all this other stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's our job to be objective my, and, and you know, just kind of shine a light. Well, this is what we see that can be fixed. But, Kevin, I do appreciate it, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying – you know, because now that the season's on and, and it's time – Kenny Payne's my coach. Louisville's my team. These dudes are my players. So, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to cheer for them when I'm not at the games. And, and, and I am going to passionately hope that they go out there and hit everybody in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? But, like, my job as a media member is to give you all of it because I, I want to give coverage that I feel that I would want as a fan. And, and that's all I try to do. But trust me, my passion, my love for University of Louisville has not gone anywhere. And speaking of sunshine and, and puppy dogs and being a, a, a critical Louisville fan, we got Jay Haz on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning, brother? <laughs> Doing the vibe. Good to hear from you, sir. How how can the uh, Wake Up Five Hundred Two crew, uh, you know, how can we help you this morning? What you got on on your mind? Well, it wasn't no Tina Turner. That's first of all. <laughs> <laughs> hey Haven, that was a Haven. You know, we want to make sure we played a little Tina Turner. You know, we had to do that this morning. You know, here's the thing, Haven and Rashad. This is this thing is so tedious with this with these both the football and the basketball program. Listen, yes, man, you have to get the right formula and the right product to move forward with any regime team that you have. Now, if any other coach will come in right now with the, the most of the, some of the talent that Louisville has on the football side of the, the field, they can win games. But I think the kids don't even really really have a type of far to – you know, he's a great guy. He's, he's a nice guy. I'm not being nice and being pleasant. But you can't coach worth nothing. And the kids is like, man, I'm doing whatever. 
So I seen something last night on Louisville Live on stream yesterday. I seen that Kenny Payne still talking about the culture. They're still talking about that. You know, I'm a Louisville fan. I, I love Louisville, but I get mad too. I get frustrated too when they do mess ups and and do ignorant stuff. And so we see what happens on the basketball courts coming up in less than what three, four weeks now. They go to hey, hey Jay. Let me tell you something. The first Louisville game versus non Louisville non uh, Louisville team is a week from tomorrow. Next Sunday is the first Louisville game. Louisville plays Lenore Ryan, uh, the Everett Sullivan's team out of North Carolina. So literally, literally, the first Louisville game is next Sunday. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, wow. Like, then, you we're go, here. then you go to the model class for the holiday season. There it is. <laughs> oh wow! 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 Hey man, you know I was just sitting there watching prime time. Man, he's so man. He, he tickles my soul, man. He got that fire. The kids love him. The whole organization loves him up there in, in Jackson, man. And I just got the whole community involved. Hey, what did Primetime tell 60 Minutes? He said, we smell like winning at Jackson State. Uh, we smell that, like that me, State. No. <laughs> And that's the energy you need. The <laughs> but, hey, but Satterfield doesn't have the community like Deion Sanders has the community but in Jackson. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I mean. You got to have the community involved as well, too, man. Get excited. Get fired up, you know? How you get fought up against Pittsburgh today at homecoming? People like, oh, I was just Louisville's homecoming. They're going to lose. They're gonna, you know, no tell they're going to do. You know what I mean? There's no morale in the fans at all. The swag is it's missing. Horrible. And that's one of the things that Louisville's been missing is that swag. <sighs> Louisville's at its best when the swag Rashad is there. That's not going to work. That's what Rashad said. Swag is not going to work. No prime time at Louisville. Oh. I think primetime would definitely work nah, in Louisville. First of all, hold on, Jay. I never said that primetime wouldn't work. Don't be putting words in my mouth. <laughs> don't, even, don't even do me like that. I, but what did you, you say about Dion? You said, man, that swag is not going to work in Louisville. No, I no, I, I never said that. Like uh, like primetime, I think would be a, a it would be a high risk, high reward hire because definitely I think from a community standpoint, from an energy standpoint, um, from a salesman standpoint, I think that primetime would be about the best guy that you can get, even better than a guy like Jeff Brown, um, who of course is kind of the Ooh. favorite right now. But the thing about primetime okay. is we don't know if if primetime can coach at that level. Um, because, you know, the same kind of issue with, you know, at least Scott Satterfield had a reputation of winning championships at App State. Primetime is playing at a much lower level playing in the SWAC than even what App State was playing in. So, I mean, the, the question is going to be, can he do the X's and O's job? And you would think with primetime being there, you would be able to get, the, you know, some of the best coordinators out there to come coach on his staff. So it would definitely be about building a staff. But, no, I, I think the primetime could, could work. But you know, I I just don't know if he if he would work, if that makes sense. I just know yeah, prime time would keep the recruiting class intact. And oh add no to doubt, it. no doubt, absolutely. I oh, totally man, agree absolutely. with that. Yeah, absolutely, Haven. I, I agree to that, man. And that get me that get me hyped and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, prime time get everybody <laughs> hyped. I mean, like you listen to man's press conferences. How how do you not get hyped? <laughs> hey, man, I got to tell you this real quick thing. Yes, Louisville yes, Lions will store some of the old players, right? Yes, sir. Emmanuel Forrest was walking up, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he was like, oh, 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 I wish I could say it on the radio. I could not say it on 96 one. I won't say it so bad, Rashad and Hayes. <laughs> they, they, they interviewed him, man. What do you think about Louisville Live uh, last night? Oh, my God, man. Hey. Everybody was out there, wasn't it? I mean, you had Purvis, you had Francisco Garcia, uh, 
You had. I understand that. I mean, everybody was out there last night, wasn't it? Why would the media go to Megan Force for an interview? Hey, well, you know, they want to they, they find out. You know, Manuel Forrest, that's, that's Super 5. He was in that same uh, McDonald's All-American group with uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, with Jordan. You know? Yeah, I understand all that. Patrick Ewing and all, I understand all that. How many points he scored at, 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 in high school? Like a five, bazillion? Yeah, like 5,000 yeah, points. Yeah, whole wide force. Now, <laughs> hey, man, he'll walk in the arena, man, and the whole place get quiet. You better believe it. Walk in bucket. Yeah. You oh know. man, was a very, a very ugly man too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and can still stroke it. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. Oh that, by four. Hey, that nineteen foot, that little eighteen, nineteen foot, ain't gone nowhere. Hey, if I can attest to that, man, you still got that. Oh job. man. <laughs> well, man, it's Louisville's homecoming, man. I expect Louisville to win. It's her homecoming tonight, so I expect Louisville to win tonight. Okay. Okay, hey, hey we're going to be out there. So, so you know, we're going we gonna to have the coverage. Jay has this is going to be your, your first game coming out with us going to be this evening, ain't it? Yeah, man, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, might lose, they might have them losing, man. Who knows a little? Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows? Anyway, hey, thanks, Haven and Rashawn. You guys are the best, man, 96-1. Hey, I appreciate it, Jay. Appreciate it, brother. Hey, so, you know, hey, Jay's excited. He's He's nervous. But he's excited. I, I, I'm going to tell you what. I did not get out to the um, Louisville Live event last night, but I will definitely be on hand for the red-white scrimmage. Um, you know, for me, it's all about basketball. Once I can lay my eyes on guys and see what they can do, I get a much better feel uh, for what the team has um, and what's going to be the, st- uh, the strategy incorporated. I thought it was very interesting that uh, Kenny Payne kind of talked about it's going to be all about the defense. It's going to be about – you know, he said he wants his big guys, you know, the guys like Jalen Weathers, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, J.J. Trainer, to be able to pick up full court and guard point guards full court. Like, that, that's an ambitious, you know, that, that's an ambitious goal. But I think that's going to be – Louisville's going to have to take advantage. Like, while they don't have a lot in the backcourt, you know, L. Ellis is the only – I know they said the Hersey Millers on, Miller's on scholarship, but, you know, of true what I would consider to be top-level scholarship guards – they have one and a half, you know, if you count Fabio Basile, because I don't know how far Fabio has to go, which is why I can't wait for the red-white scrimmage. Um, but they're going to have to use their length and their size. So I, I'm very, very excited to see what happens. Of course, that's going to be tomorrow at the KFC Yum Center, 3 p.m. Uh, so make sure you guys come out and, and be a part of that. Come out and, and support the team uh, and, and get ready. Because like I said, man, everything recruiting-wise – all that talking is done. Now it's about Louisville basketball. And let me tell you something. I'm I'm going to cheer for and support Louisville basketball with everything I got. I'm still going to cover them, of course, the way I always do. But, you know, it's all about figuring out how this team is going to win and what they need to do to win. It's all that matters. Same thing for Scott Satterfield and his football program. It's all about what do you need to do to beat Pittsburgh. Okay, we know Pittsburgh's got a great defense. We know that Pittsburgh's got that running game. What do you need to do, Scott Satterfield, to get a win? Is it going to be with Malik Cunningham? Is it going to be with Brock Doman? Um, you know, like, just win, right? Like, is it as simple as that, Hey, It's like It, it is as simple as that. Now, the question is, who would you start, Malik or Brock? I mean. <laughs> because I hear, I, I mean, I, I, I talked a lot of Cards fans. They're like, man, Brock, he looked good. The offense had a different type of feel to it. I'm on Team Brock, and, and, and it's not because I think Brock Doman is a better quarterback. I don't even think he's as close to as good a quarterback talent-wise as Malik Cunningham. But I feel like the team plays harder for Brock Doman. Like, but we talked about it, Haven, and said that, you know, I, and I told Joe this last week, that um, I feel like 
the the team played harder. They played more aggressive. They played better focused football when Brock Doman was the quarterback. If I'm Scott Satterfield, I would have gone into this bye week, showed the football team the tape of when they were playing for Malik under center against Boston College, and then I would show them when they did what what they did when Brock was under center versus Virginia. The team that went out there and played when Boston College was out there versus the team that played when uh, the team was out there versus Virginia was completely different. The energy level, the focus, um, just the attention to detail, the going hard. They played harder for Brock Doman. It did happen. I, I'm going to say this. Don't fall for, for the banana in the tailpipe but with Brock Doman. Which is what? Which is the same thing with every comedy. Remember oh. when Malik went down, Evan Conley oh, came no. in. Yeah, it's, it's and, not about yeah. And, and, I mean, and, and, we, and we beat Wake Forest. And everybody was like, "Oh my God, we should go Evan Conley." Yeah, but the problem the problem with Evan Conley was, and, and I do think I think Brock Doman's a more talented player than Evan Conley. Like, pro, like even though he started out had a horrible first quarter, I think he went first, one of six or one of seven his first seven passes. Um, Doman after that was sixteen of twenty two passing. Like he showed the ability. Like Evan Conley, Conley has a noodle arm. <laughs> well, like, well, this is his biggest problem. Like I thought Adam Froman had a horrible arm. Like Evan Conley can't throw a fifteen yard out. Like Doman can make that pass. He can throw that um, that seam route twenty yards down the field. But the other difference is this: nobody had any film on Brock Doman. That's the other thing. Once they get film on Brock Doman, and one game. If you're a good defense coordinator, one game be enough to kind of, kind of figure some things out already. It's like it's a Cooper Rush effect. Yeah, you know, like Cooper Rush looked great for the Dallas Cowboys for a while, but the more time he gets out there, once our film gets out there, baby, yeah, they'll, they'll pick you apart, and that's what you know. I know everybody's on the Brock Doman train, but after like two games, and once that film's out there, I think the Dolphins will come back down to earth. But I, th- I think the thing with, with Doman is especially. I like the balance, and, and I like the fact that when you know when you're going to run the ball, you're going to run the ball. You're going to give the ball to Cooley. You're going to give the ball to Tyon Evans. You're going to give the ball um, to Jawar Jordan. You know you're going to spread the ball around. We saw that the, the ball get spread around to more receivers, and and I think that's the thing. Like the question is, is Brock Doman, you know, is the sum of the parts going to be greater than the whole? If Brock Doman is out there versus Malik Cunningham, now I, I think that Cunningham is still your best option, and I think if Coach Satterfield, you know, sufficiently kicks his team in the ass and lets them know that you know I expect for you guys to play hard regardless of who's under center, then you go out there with Malik Cunningham, um, and these guys play hard, and Malik does what he needs to do. I think the, one of the biggest problems is, is that Malik has always carried himself like. I have to do everything because if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And I think that's the way he's played quarterback at Louisville, and I think that's hurt. You know, I th- it's hurt a lot. I think it's hurt the team and, because and, the read option only works if you hand the ball off every now and then. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's that's where we're at. You know, I I think that that's going to be where Malik has to uh, mature because I think that right now that there's there need to be a come to Jesus meeting about you know the team because I think there is there has been some issues in that locker room um so you know we can't have that we can't have that louisville football can't have that and and right now this is a must win game if you're going to find a way a path to six and six there is no path to six and six if you don't beat pittsburgh today period you know so 
you know, we'll see what happens. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and hit a little bit of early break just because I know our girl Leanne Herring is going to be calling in, and I want to make sure Leanne has plenty of time for us to go through the games. I want to get her analysis. Uh, we're going to talk about that and much, much more. Here, you're listening to Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM here on the Big X Sports Radio. We'll be back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington here in studio taking care of you. Uh, just a reminder, make sure you guys come out today. Game Day 502 coming to you live and direct from 21st in Germantown. 1481 South Shelby Street is going to be going down 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, make sure you guys come out. Uh, you know, be loud, be proud, come out, chat with Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers, get some of those great food, uh, you know, uh, for food selections, uh, music selections, uh, they have billiards, pool, uh, great live uh, entertainment every evening in the back. Um, so definitely come out there. Of course, y'all saw the picture I put out there of our own Joe Kelly. He had on his, uh, his uh, trackside leisure suit <laughs> out there <laughs> drinking Bud Light from a, a champagne glass. So, you know, you can do it any kind of way you want out there at 21st in Germantown. And I always appreciate everything that those guys have done and continue to do uh, for the Wake Up 502 family. Um, so, you know, definitely appreciate that. But I, I tell you what, Haven, you know what time it is, right? Yes, I do. You, you know what time it is. Hold on. Every superhero needs their theme music. So here we go. Y'all know what that means. The woman, the myth, the legend, Leanne Herring. Leanne, how you doing this morning? Good morning, good morning. Y'all are too kind. I appreciate that. Um, week eight, uh, what a week seven it was. Ups and downs. How about those Tennessee Bulls? Yeah. I hate to say it. <laughs> I didn't know that one was going to happen. I mean, but uh, but it's going to be another big week, especially uh 
of course, you know, with Louisville tonight, that's a big game for y'all. It's going to be electric. And then, you know, the Big 12 and the and the Pac-12 uh, Pac have some big games tonight. So let's get to let's get to talking. Let's get to rolling. Who do we like? Who do we don't like? Let's let's go, fellas. Hey, I, I tell you what. Yes, that Tennessee, I, you know, I, I, I did not know if Tennessee was going to win outright. But all I knew, Leanne, last week is that 10 and a half on Alabama to beat Tennessee on the road there in Neyland Stadium. I didn't like it, and uh, they ended up making me look like a prophet. So I, I, I will agree we were both on on the right side of it. There was too many points. I know they love saving. Exactly. My good. Plus, exactly. Uh, no, you? exactly. I wasn't I wasn't sure if Tennessee was going to pull it off, but it was just it was electric stadium. And like I said, if there was ever a game. But, man, I do feel sorry for me. As much as I think Mike Leach, even with those 21 points out in Tuscaloosa today, I just real, I feel sorry for those Mississippi <laughs> State Bulldogs today heading down to Tuscaloosa yeah. to take on Nick Saban. Nobody wants to be that person today. That, that's and that's going to be an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, and, and to see Coach Saban just going insane on the sidelines, that that was just hilarious. That just filled my heart with joy seeing him just so upset. It was hilarious. <laughs> but let's go ahead oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and, and hit this uh, first game. We're going straight to the ACC. Game of the year so far in the ACC. Noon ABC uh, is going on. Syracuse, number 14, still undefeated. Uh, unbelievably, even though Haven will still tell you that Syracuse sucks. <laughs> um, Syracuse is going on the road at Clemson. Uh, per uh, the Caesar Sportsbook, uh, this is looking like a 14-point Clemson. Uh, laying 14 there at oh, home. Wow. Two touchdowns. Uh, so, uh, Leanne, what are you seeing? Like, that seems like a lot of points for an undefeated matchup between a 6-0 and 7-0 team. A lot of points. Uh, you know, as as we see already, as we get into week eight, we're going to see the mar- the point margin. But no, yeah, I had it out at thirteen and five. So it's a, I mean, it's def- that line is definitely moving. Like you said, this is going to yeah. be a big game in the ACC. Fourteen, number five. No one thought Syracuse would be undefeated. Uh, no one thought Clemson would make a comeback. DJ Uyangule, you know, really after that after that first beatdown, you know, it's kind of kind of come back and and he still managed to keep his team undefeated. But someone's going to leave, you know, Death Valley uh, tonight. Not you know no longer no longer yeah. undefeated. I like, but I'm gonna you know what? As much as you can say about Syracuse, they're just a gritty team. Uh, Clemson they they played well, they played good. I feel like DJ is back, but you know for 13 well for 14 points now, I'm definitely gonna take Syracuse to cover on this one. Uh, I, I haven't touched. The, I'm not sure quite about those 49 points. That's what I had at 49 five as you know, for that over and under. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Syracuse. I like them at 14. I know this is gonna be a electric game. I know Clemson with that home home advantage early game out in you know out there in in death valley and stuff but i like i like syracuse for this one i just feel like they're going to play gritty i think clemson is going to roll on this one but i like syracuse to cover at 14 on this one i think because there's a lot to prove and i think syracuse comes in with that blue collar chip on their shoulder and you just play differently you know yeah. when everyone expects you not to be that good and you're still undefeated you're still in it and then to take down clemson at home it's like a tennis it's like the tennessee alabama game last week for the sec except now it's an acc matchup so i like syracuse in this one Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you know what? And I'm right there with you. 14 points is a lot of points. Um, really? Syracuse with Sean Tucker and what Syracuse can do running the ball. Clemson, um, you know, they're still undefeated. DJ has been up and down. We've seen some games where he looks really good. We've seen some other games where they've struggled. Um, you know, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to definitely roll with you on that one, Leanne. Give me Syracuse. I'll take those 14 points. I think Clemson probably gets it done, but they're not going to win by two touchdowns, I don't think. Uh, hey, what you think? Man. What I think is going to happen is this. I think for the first half, for the first 30 minutes of the game, it's going to be back and forth. 
Yes. There's going to be a dog fight. There's going to be a, a knife fight in the alley. Then Bruce Lee's going to show up and beat up everybody, and that Bruce Lee's Clemson. Okay. So I'm taking Clemson to 14 at home because you know what's, you know what's going to happen. They're going to pipe in that music. They're going to pipe in the crowd noise to amplify, make it super loud. Yeah. Clemson's going to roll in the second half. Okay. So you said taking Clemson, laying the points. All right. Well, there we taking, go. Taking Clemson, laying the points. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, the, the next game, Leanne, that we're going to chat on, this is a very interesting, interesting one just because of the line. Um, number seven, Ole Miss, undefeated, 7-0, and 3-0 in the SEC, traveling to LSU. LSU unranked. At five and two, they're three and one in the SEC. LSU, even though you know Ole Miss is the team ranked in the top ten, undefeated. LSU is a one and a half point favorite at home per per the Caesar Sportsbook. Um, like, what do you think about that? Like, that just seems like an interesting line to me. It is an interesting line, and I think this is probably the lowest line that I've seen in an Ole Miss game. And it kind of, I'm not sure about it. I, I haven't really been taking yeah. the line on this one. Like I said, because and why I think why the line favors you know even LSU in this one, even if it's an, another early game when you go to when you play in Baton Rouge, it's just a difficult atmosphere. And even though Ole Miss, you know Ole Miss is my team, and and I've seen them up and down, they got to clean it up in this one. The defense has played exceptionally well for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart has played exceptionally well, man. And just talk about this run game that Ole Miss. Ole Miss has with Zach Evans and Quishon Judkins. I mean, yes. those top two running backs, what they're averaging. But at the end of the day, Ole Miss has still had made, uh, you know, some small mistakes. And in a game like this one with so much, you can put all the stats on the wall. You can put all this. This one, those go out the window in these kind of games. And Ole Miss is going to have to come play hard, but they're going to have to come. They're going to have to play an exceptionally clean game in this one to go over LSU. Like you said, everyone has talked about how, Brian Kelly and LSU haven't gone to, but he still managed to, to put his team in a decent position yeah. despite the fact. So, you know, on this one, I'm going to take Ole Miss on the money line. Uh, it's a very slim margin, and I'm going to take this one under 66 and a half points. That's what I have it at. So okay. I think this is going to be this is going to be a close one. I think it's it's not going to be a blowout unless Ole Miss or LSU finds a way early in the first in the first half just to dominate. And but I think they're going to keep it close. I think that like kind of how how Haven explained how it's going to go down with Syracuse Clemson. I think it's going to be a dogfight in that one, but yeah. it's going to be a lot closer dogfight for four quarters because both these teams, you know, especially with Jackson Dart, he's a great quarterback, but he also hasn't played in an atmosphere like LSU. And even during the day, it's just a tough one to play. And that's been the biggest question, despite his talent, can he handle the ball? And the Ole Miss on this one, they're really going to have to commit to the run on this one. But they're also going to have to have some strong passing in this one and not just completely 100% rely on the run because LSU already knows that they're going to rely on the run. So they're going to be ready and prepared. So I can expect that Coach Kiffin and his staff have definitely drawn up some plays to be able to catch LSU off guard. That way LSU can be playing from behind and not Ole Miss playing from behind. So I'm going to take Ole Miss on the money line, but, I'm going to, but it's going to be a close one down in Baton Rouge today. Yeah, I, I tell you what, this, this one's tough. You know, it, I, and it's funny to say, like, if this was a night game at Death Valley, I would probably pick LSU um, just because that place at night is just different. And, and you know, I, I think that Brian Kelly is trying, you know, figuring out life in the SEC. Um, but I think Ole Miss is going to have just enough offense. Uh, that like, like you said, they need to clean up some of the mistakes. They need to play mistake-free football. They don't need to turn the ball over. LSU has feasted uh, on getting some turnovers this year. That's really helped them exactly. in, in a couple of games they probably could have lost. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss. I agree with you by the slimmest of margins. I mean, with one and a half, it's, but you're basically just picking who's going to win the game at that point. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's a top. Give me, it's a top give, give me 
Ole Miss. Way. I'm taking Leanne's Ole Miss Rebels. I, I, I'm going to roll with Leanne on this one. Uh, Haven, what do you think? Man, this is a tough game. Yeah. This is a yeah. very, very tough game. I, I can see it going either way. Um, but, man, I have no idea. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I literally have no idea. Exactly. It, no, it was a tough one. I, I, tough I, was, one. I was going back and forth because I had him at two and a half, and then you told – like this morning I was like, oh, it's already down to one. You know, yeah. it's just it's like it's just hard to go back and forth because you can talk yourself either way. It's just hard without seeing how they're going to play off the jump. It's like, you know, it, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, it's rough. So, so what, what, what say you, Haven? My, my gut says LSU and – and Kelly have figured a way to to manufacture enough points to win. Okay. But I'm just not convinced on this LSU team, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not convinced. Yeah. Ole Miss plays well, but I'm just I'm just not convinced about them either. Yeah, it's it's um, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. You know what? LSU. Okay, there you go. Haven Haven taking the LSU at home. I mean, that's not a bad. You know, it's. It's like you said. It's a tough line. It's a definitely a toss up. I, I would not be surprised if that game goes either way. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. When me and Leanne rolling with Ole Miss, Haven rolling with LSU on that one. Uh, next up, we're going out to the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA, another uh, dog, uh, top ten dog on the road. Uh, number nine, uh, UCLA, six and zero, three and zero in the Pac-12. Uh, taking on Oregon. Oregon is at home there in Eugene. Oregon is currently five and one, three and zero. Of course, everybody, uh, you know, remembers, uh, you know, Oregon getting off to not not a great start, but th- they've rebounded. They're five and one. Um, I show Oregon as a seven point favorite uh, with over and over, under seventy one, so they expect for a lot of points to be scored. Uh, but what what are you thinking about this one uh, with the Ducks at home? This is going to be this is for this is what I say is a matchup in the Pac-12. I mean, UCLA on its way out, but it's on its way out, and it's going to make a bang, and it's going to and Chip Kelly, like I've been talking about UCLA, homecoming just been for firing. Chip Kelly. By, by, by the way, homecoming for Chip Kelly, going going back to Oregon. Exactly, and I think now what Oregon realizes, especially you know their head coach out there, Lanny, he realizes that this UCLA Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly offense especially is looking and emulating just what he did at Oregon when it was successful. Mm-hmm. So, I really, I really think that UCLA, you know, they're just so, like they're they just have all the right things firing on offense, on defense. I mean, but you have to say the same thing about Oregon. They got both these teams got really good QBs. They're playing really strong. Two exceptionally. Uh, Top defenses. It's gonna it's gonna be a shootout in Eugene. But I'm gonna take. I had I had a, them at six, and now that you're telling me seven, I'm definitely gonna take UCLA um, to cover on this one. I think Oregon's. I think Oregon just being at home, uh, wanting wanting to uh, to tumble UCLA, uh, kill that winning streak. Uh, I think that they're gonna roll in this one. But I like UCLA to cover and, yeah. and and possibly make the upset. But I'm gonna take UCLA in this one. I just think that everything is going right. Finally, they're consistent on both sides of the ball, uh, especially off offensively and I think they're both coming off a of bye week so I think it's just I think we're gonna I'm gonna go with UCLA on this one I just think that all the things are going right for Chip Kelly out there in the Bruins yeah that's fair and, and I'm I'm right there with you um I I think that Chip Kelly um is got got things rolling UCLA is definitely um making some moves also I don't trust Bo Nix as a quarterback with Oregon I just I've seen Bo Nix, you know, screw up enough games to where I, I don't know if I'm really believing in him um, as the, the quarterback Auburn fans there. will tell you that, too. Yeah, right there yeah. With you on that. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> uh, big games for Bo Nix, I'm not a fan. <laughs> 
I think right now it's just like it's just the, it's the little things will make a difference and being consistent. Yeah. No matter you know you have these you have all these teams having really high games or really low games, but in these games as we head you know to the tail end of the season, you got to play consistent. You got to play clean. So Absolutely. those little mistakes are, are where everyone's going to capitalize. Yeah, give me no UCLA. Doubt. I'll take them seven points. I don't know if you, UCLA will get the outright win, but I definitely don't trust. Uh, set, get, you know, I'll take them seven points and run with them. Uh, so give me UCLA and the points. Haven, what you think? You know what, this I think it's the first time I'm going to agree with you guys. I believe it's the first time I'm going to say, you know what, Rashawn, you're right. <laughs> Give me UCLA and the points. <laughs> but I honestly, I, I think UCLA is going to get the win outright. Okay. Give me the points, and they're, and, and they're going to win outright. I think, uh, you know, there's something about, about that team. I think the Bruins have finally kind of figured things out, right? That program is finally going in the direction – Everybody's wanted the program to go in for the past like thirty years, and, and, and they finally figured it out. Right, right, absolutely. They solved the mystery. <laughs> Good job, Chip Kelly. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is another weird line. Uh, we're going back to the uh, Big Twelve. Um, Texas on the road, number twenty. Texas five and two, uh, three and one in the Big Twelve on the road at number eleven. Oklahoma State five and one, two and one in the Big Twelve. But Texas is a six point favorite. In this game. So Oklahoma State, the team with the higher ranking and the better record, is literally getting six points at home. That's a very odd line. Leanne, what do you think about that? You know, I'm surrounded by by Texas Texas fans, A&M fans <laughs> daily, being in Texas growing up here. I was surprised at this line, too. You know, I get it. I know everybody wants to take Texas back, you know, everybody down in Austin. <laughs> and, they, and they had a turnaround. But I'm just not convinced by Texas, and I sure as heck ain't convinced for them to be favored by six and a half points, especially how they've been playing. They've been playing a lot better, but but for me, they're, they're just not that Texas that everyone expects them to be. And, and I like Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma State in this one. Mm-hmm. I like them to cover. I like them at home. I, I think this just is going to be a gritty matchup. And because this is an old, you know, another big 12 old fashioned rivalry. And like I said, we can sit here and we can say Texas and their stats. We can sit here and say Oklahoma State. But I'm just going to straight up say I like Oklahoma State at home uh, to to take it to Texas at six and a half. I do. I, I just I'm just I'm not even going to start breaking down. So I'm just not I'm not convinced with Texas yet. I'm not yeah. convinced with Texas. I think they're they're in a better state than they have been in a real long time. But I still think that they have a long way to go. And I, especially with them in Oklahoma heading into the you know. SEC, I just, I'm just not convinced by Texas, especially not to lay down those six and a half points on the road. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State uh, to to pull the upset and to cover. I totally agree with you. Give me Oklahoma State. Give me the Cowboys and them six points at home. I feel like that's just stealing money, but hey, you know, Vegas put all them buildings up out there for in some kind of way. Uh, but Haven, what do you think? Man, Okie State all the all the way, baby. <laughs> yeah. Just like the end says, <laughs> I am not a believer in Texas. I don't care. Everybody wants Texas to be back. So it's like Notre Dame. Like It's like two schools everybody wants to say is oh, back. Yeah. Notre Dame and Texas. And everybody's like, oh, Texas is back. I don't think they're back. Give me Okie State and the points. Yeah, I totally agree. And plus, they're going to try and whoop the – they're going to try to beat the dog snout of Texas because they're going to SEC. So it's probably one of the last chances to, to really like whoop them up. So I believe every school is going to try and take their pot shot and do what they can to uh, – to get that high before they go. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. So there, there we go. We all we're all in agreement again. Uh, so all right, Leanne, we're going back to the SEC. We we you talked about it earlier. Poor Mississippi State coming off. They could have made my weekend and beat Kentucky. 
last weekend. They screwed it up. You know, the Pirate let me down. Coach Leach did not get it done. So now the Bulldogs, you know, have to pay penance by going to play Nick Saban off of a loss. Alabama, a big-time 21-point favorite at home over the Bulldogs. Can the Bulldogs keep it closer than 21 uh, at Alabama today? Like I said, I, I hate it for the Bulldogs. <laughs> you know, I know all the Ole Miss fans couldn't love it more, especially, you know, we have Bama in a couple weeks after our bye week. But, you know, I just don't I don't know about uh, Mississippi State uh, covering. I, I like them. I like them because I feel like, you know, you know, they're both coming off a rebound, but it's just Bama coming off a huge loss to Tennessee. And I, I just I think Bama's going to I'm going to Bama's going to roll on this one. I think Mississippi State will keep it close. I don't think it's going to be that much of a woodshed, but it could get scary. Now, we're, like I said, if, if Bama just takes it to the woodshed on, in yeah. the first four, uh, you know, first quarter, first half, it's, it's done for Mississippi State. But but, you know, I'm going to have a little faith in the underdogs. I haven't taken too many underdogs this weekend. So I'm going to take Mississippi State to cover. I think Bama is going to, is going to take them to the woodshed, but I don't think it's going to be for 21 points. I think because Bama is still going to play it smart. Uh, they're, they're going to play emotional, but I think Nick Saban realizes, you know, he can't let this game get too out of hand or his team get too far off because, you know, he's, got, he's still got a lot of big games to play. Um, you know, and ever and whatnot. And like I said, the quarterbacks in this situation are really good. But like I said, Bryce Young coming back still is not a hundred percent healthy. He's going to play well, but we but we both know. And then you got Will Rogers, who's been playing pretty consistent. He could he could have a game. You know, there's a lot of those what ifs that could happen in a game like this because it's going to be an emotional game, especially yeah. in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But I take Bama to roll. I don't think Bama's going to roll for 21 points because I feel like Nick Saban's going to play another conservative game, uh, focus on the run. And, and but it's going to come down to whoever can shut down who's ever quarterback quarterback first. You know if the, if Mississippi State finds a way to get to Bryce Young and vice versa, if, if that Bama defense can just take it to take it to uh, you know Rogers and Mississippi State, that's what it's going to come down. It's going to be who can ever contain that that quarterback from making plays and, and controlling that clock early on. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I agree. I, I think that Alabama, of course, is going to win the game. But I think that we're going to see Nick Saban get back to some of his tried and true principles. I think you're going to see an Alabama team that runs the ball, that leans on their defense. Bryce, Bryce Young is not completely healthy. Um, and, and I think they're going to try to lean on running game and defense. I think Mississippi State will put up enough offense to keep it inside the 21 points. So give me Mississippi State. I'll take those 21 points. Uh, Haven, what say you? If you're not in there choking to death. This isn't the Bama team of old, right? This isn't murder ball. I mean, like, this isn't a Nick Saban. I know this still is the same Nick Saban, but this isn't the same Alabama team. Like, yeah. this is not a team that, that, that you're afraid of. This is a team that almost lost to Texas. This had a lot of close calls this season. Yeah. This would not be one of them. Give me Alabama 21 points. Wow. <clears throat> Wow, okay. Give me Alabama 21 because I think Nick is really, really mad how they lost that game. Fair. Really mad how he lost to Tennessee, how his defense gave up so many points. I believe Nick feels that he got job by the refs that tried to keep do everything in their power to keep Tennessee in the game. Yeah. And he's salty about it. The team is salty about it. And I just feel sorry for Mississippi State because <laughs> this is the wrong time to catch Alabama Nick Saban. Give me Bama at 21. Fair enough. There we go. All right. Uh, last ranked game of, of the day before we get into this Louisville breakdown to end the show. Uh, Kansas State, 5-1 uh, and one in the Big 12. Uh, they are having a, uh, 
you know, upstart season, but they are on the road at undefeated TCU. The Horn Frogs are doing it again. They're six and zero, three and zero in the Big Twelve. TCU is a three and a half point favorite at home. Uh, what do you think about this one, Leanne? I like K-State. I like what they've been doing. You know, Adrian Martinez leaving Nebraska and coming and just finding and coming down to his own uh, quarterback in for K-State. He's really just coming to his own and had a phenomenal job. Definitely a turnaround for K-State. I want to take K-State for those points, but it's just a slim margin for me. I just TCU, what they're doing on the ground game, and then they're just firing off cylinders similar to what UCLA is. Uh, it's going to be a close one, uh, but I'm going to take TCU. I'm going to take TCU on the points on this one. I think TCU, what they're going to do, the strategy would be was to to jump on jump on those Wildcats early, um, get K State off their game plan, and and make them come from behind. So I'm going to take TCU on this one. I, I bet against TCU a couple times, but this run game and just how they're playing and just effectively and how they're doing on that, you know, with the de- defensively as well. They're just very balanced coming into this game. They're at home. And there's a lot to they're at number they're sitting at number eight right now, so they have a lot to 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 win in winning this game and keep winning. So I'm going to take TCU to remain undefeated, and, and I'm going to as much as I want to take KSA, I just think TCU is going to be more effective on the ground and on the defense, and I, I just like what they're doing. Okay, yeah, and you know what. Uh, I I like K-State, but TCU, especially when they're ranked this high at home, they have been very good. So the three-and-a-half number scares me, but you know what? Go ahead and give me the Horn Frogs. I'll I'll lay those three-and-a-half. Haven, what do you think? I agree a a thousand percent. Like, give me TCU all day long. I mean, they're just – I think they're just a better team. They're complete. They're a complete team. They're playing at a high level. Actually, I, I don't see them getting slowed down, like, too much at all this year. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, so you know what? The game of the day for all the local local fans here. It's been a very odd uh, number all week. Uh, Louisville, uh, they they were a favorite that had gotten up there to around two and a half or three points at, uh, earlier in the week. It looks like it has been bet down. It looks like the Pittsburgh money has been coming in. Right now, Louisville shows as a one-point favorite at home. Uh, versus Pittsburgh, of course, Louisville three and three, Pittsburgh four and two in the conference, Louisville one and three in the ACC, Pittsburgh one and one. Um, Leanne, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, the Cardinals get it done today. What, what, what's your opinion? I think they have to get it done today. I think it's just it, it's just not a question. I, I mean, Pitt's going to come in, like you said, all those Pitt, those PA people have been putting down that money, changing that line. Yeah, I had it at two and a half too, and I and I like Louisville even. Even at two and a half, and I like them even with one point. I just feel like they have it's a it's a gotta get it done situation to turn things around. We all we you guys have said it, we've seen it. There's good coaching there, the abilities there, but something's got to click. You know, all the right things are there. They're just not mixing. But what what Louisville's going to have to do today, in my opinion, you guys see them more. You see them you see them up close and personal. Is they're really going to just have to um to find a way to um uh get pit off the get pit off the field a lot and give Malik Cunningham the opportunity um, to make some explosive plays and to be able to have more time to make those plays and I think if they can do that if Louisville can find a way to keep pit off the field a lot more and put and get Malik Cunningham to do what Malik Cunningham best and operates it's going to be a big game and a big turnaround game for Louisville so I'm going to take Louisville all day even for the one point I think they get it home uh, they get it done at home today um, in Louisville okay uh, there we go uh for me, um, I I can't I can't do it, Haven. I I can't pick Louisville um, against a team that's that's structured um, as well as Pittsburgh. The fact that they're playing good defense, um, they have a wonderful running game. I know we talked about the fact that you know you never know what Louisville team you're going to get, 
Um, until I see them beat a team, the only team that they've beaten in conference was a team that had not won a conference game. Um, so, you know, I, I will have to see it before I will believe it. Give me Pittsburgh. Um, I'll lay. I'll uh, take that one point because they're actually getting a point. Um, but I, I do think that the, the Panthers went out right. I, I just think that that defense is going to probably force a turnover. Um, you know, I think we'll see a, a Malik Cunningham coming back off of off of the rest. He will look better. But Pittsburgh did get back a couple starters as well. Um, give me Pittsburgh and the points. I think that they'll get it done. It'll be close. Uh, but I do think that the Panthers will get the win. Wow. Haven, what say you? You know what? I want to disagree so bad, uh, but I can't. <laughs> I, I really do. I just don't see – Louisville has not performed well against light competition um, at all. And for every, every reason you state, I, I don't see Louisville being able to stop the run. I think Pittsburgh will be able to run the ball, which will open up the passing attack. I think Louisville stay competitive. I think they'll be competitive, but at the end of the day, I think they'll give it up at the end. Another fourth quarter, uh, another fourth quarter slide. I would not be surprised if Louisville take the lead at some point in the game, and ultimately Pittsburgh is going to take it. They're going to win in the last ten minutes. Give me Pitt. There we go. All right. Well, Leanne, I, th- those are all the official picks. Do you have any, uh, uh, you know, uh, upsets or, or any picks that you want to give in, uh, your, your, your free picks before uh, we get on out of here? Well, I, I, well, we did mention Notre Dame and how everyone takes Notre Dame. So I'm <laughs> going to have to take uh, University at Nevada, Las Vegas. I had them at 26 um, as the underdog at, uh, on the road against Notre Dame. I'm going to take them um, to cover that crazy game because that's just a lot of points to give Notre Dame, even at home at Notre Dame. And then I'm also going to keep rolling with Houston. Uh, Houston coming off a, a bye week. Um, they're at Navy. Uh, underdog. Uh, they're the favorites by three. So I'm going to take Houston to cover today. And then let's see. Um, Let's take a BC at Wake Forest. Uh, I don't have them winning that game, but I do like a Boston College on the road in Winston-Salem for, for uh, 20 and a half. So let's take BC today, Houston to cover, and University of Nevada, Las Vegas to roll in South Bend today. Wonderful, wonderful. And make sure you let everybody know where they can catch all your stuff at, Leanne. Uh, they can catch it. Uh, well, of course, I put out my NFL picks on our on our Twitter, at, uh, um, y'all's Twitter, Main Event Sports, and then of course uh, for SEC and college football, y'all can follow us at therebelwalk.com and me at the at uh, Miss KYUS 2011. And like I said, I've been tuning into y'all's game day 502. It's been giving me a nice break. So <laughs> even if you're not a Cardinals fan, a lot of good a lot of good info on on um, on all that's going on around college football and on Saturdays. There we go. Well, appreciate it as always, Leanne. You have a wonderful week and look forward to talking to you next week okay all right hotty toddy and uh l's up there it is thank you so much leanne herring always coming strong haven i love it i love it what a that's wonderful my girl that's my i'm telling you super talented man what what, what a wonderful show it was awesome uh, we're about to get out of here haven i appreciate you come on out 21st in germantown 1481 south shelby street and we out <laughs>